You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam. And on this episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am chatting with singer, actress, and impressionist Christina Bianco. We talk about her triumphant run in Funny Girl in Paris, as well as her upcoming return to Birdland, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hi, Christina. Hi, Adam. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, locked in my apartment safely. Yes. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> I'm good as well. I'm literally sitting in my closet recording this interview. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so what, this is, what times we're living in. I know. So just so all of my listeners know, uh, we are doing this interview. This is my first, uh, I guess, virtual interview where... Because of the coronavirus, we are, I'm in my apartment, Christina's in her apartment. Yes, we're self-isolating. That's the term I was looking for. We're being very diligent and very good. We (laughs) are, yes. Um, Well, let's get started because we have so much to talk about. You got it. Me? Gosh, you're going to have to shut me up. You know me. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get started by talking about your triumphant run in Funny Girl in Paris. So how did it come about? How did you find out about the production? What made you audition? Oh, of course. Everything. Of course. Well, uh, I have been uh, working quite a lot in the UK over the past few years. And so I have been friendly with uh, the director and choreographer of Funny Girl, uh, Stephen Meir. And like so many people that have just worked with him or just admire his work, I follow him on Twitter. And it was, I think it was back in June, um, he tweeted that his next big production would be directing and choreographing funny girl in Paris. And of course, everybody was like, that sounds great. And of course, the first question, who's Fanny? Because you always think, gosh, you can't even do a production without having that part precast. Right. Um, and it's very funny. I, I, I you know, I, I'm known for impersonating all the divas and all that, but I'm actually very not diva-ish in real life. I'm quite, uh, nobody believes that I'm shy. If if there's an outlet to perform, I will. But if not, I'm sort of shrinking away in the corner. And uh, I'm not not that gutsy. And uh, I tweeted, I know, I tweeted back at him. I said, I'm so, that's a great news. You know, um, I can't wait to see what you do with the production. And very uncharacteristic for me, I wrote, and I know a petite New Yorker you should consider. (laughs) (laughs) And he tweeted back, you'd be brilliant or you'd be fabulous or something like that publicly. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, how many times in my life I have uh, asked to be submitted for Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl and have never once been seen. Never. Not in small theater, big theater, never. And uh, so I I emailed my agent and my agent is in the UK. I have a, a British agent. And I said, if you see a breakdown for this, um, I think he's actually casting because he said I'd be great and I might actually get seen for once. Wouldn't that be great just to be seen? And uh, sure enough, about a week or two weeks later, um, the audition notice came through and um, I uh, <laughs> I was in the States and uh, like always, I was traveling around. So even though the audition was, I think, I think it got, I think they gave me a week and they said, oh, if you could do a submit a self-tape, that would be great. So I had a week to submit a self-tape. But of course, I was leaving New York, my apartment with my filming equipment and, you know, <laughs> accompaniment and everything else that I could have here to go do. It was so funny. I was doing concerts in 
Nebraska. I mean, come on. Oh, like, wow. What? Right. Like in a very small place in Brownville. Was it, was it Omaha? I was crazy. Anyway, crazy. <laughs> there was no way I was going to do a self-tape there is the point. So instead of having a week to prepare, I had two days. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. And I really – I just wanted to do the best that I possibly could. Um, Stephen Muir uh, had – come to see a few of my concerts in the UK in which, you know, I sing and do impressions, mm. but he'd also seen me in uh, Forbidden Broadway in the West End. And uh, he was uh, actually, I think, very helpful in getting me seen for certain productions he was choreographing at the time. And so I've auditioned for him a few times and I always knew that I did good work for him, but, you know, I'd, I'd never been able to work with him. It was never the right project. Um, mm. And uh, I just wanted to show him that I could you know, I knew he knew I could sing, but I wanted him to know that I was <laughs> that I could act, that I could really do it. So I spent so much time on the scenes, and uh, and I that's what I put my kind of heart and soul into. And I submitted. It was like a fifteen minute audition. They gave us a lot of material to learn. Oh wow! And I submitted it, and I just crossed my fingers and hoped that when they had, you know, more auditions or callbacks, that I could, you know, have enough time to get over to the UK and prepare. And 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 sure enough, they they watched the self tape and they liked it, and one thing led to another, and soon I was in the UK and uh, the rest is history. And I, I'm just so, to this day, I can't believe that I, I got the part because I'd always wanted to play it. Like so many girls, I mean, out yes, there and guys, anybody wants to play Fanny Bryce. Yes. I mean, it's, it's one of it's those a- iconic roles. It's so complete and so full, you know, that it's, it's, it's a dream. Yes. I was just about to say that it is one of the biggest iconic roles in musical theater. And I mean, it's, it, I love how you, how you were always like, I want to, I want to be seen for it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And then you actually finally get your opportunity. Yeah. And I think, and I know I'm such a babbler, excuse me. I've you know been talking to nobody here, but myself for a few days, but um, <laughs> with this quarantine will kill me. But I think, well, that it's nice it, to have the human contact now. Oh uh, yeah. I tell you what was really nice for me was that, you know, I've been doing a lot of my own solo concerts and I, you know, I'm a theater girl. I grew up doing theater and I'm so grateful where uh, impressions and my solo work has taken me. I'm so grateful. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. But I so miss being in shows more frequently and working with a team and a cast and and being told what to do and where to stand, you know, or not, you know. Yes. And um, it's it's really interesting for me that my concert work that people and a lot of industry people say, well, it's very separate. There's no way that that connects with your theatrical work. Mm. And in this case, having got the part and, you know, months later talking to Stephen Meir, you know, he really thought I was right for the part. As soon as I tweeted him, he said, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be great if, if, if you know, if I'm glad – I hope Christine is interested. I'd love to see her audition for this. And and the reason he thought that is because although we'd not worked together and he'd not seen me do a million productions, he had seen my concerts and he thought that I had the right – charisma and characteristics and ability to play Fanny Bryce. So every time you think a YouTube video or a tweet or, you know, even singing a pop song somewhere is not necessarily going to help you, you know, get cast in that big Broadway show, you never know. It's it's still you and you're still putting your talents out there because that concert work definitely helped me get this part. Exactly. It, you, you took that chance and, the, and it paid off. Yeah, I'm so and grateful. If you didn't, yeah, and if you didn't do that, you may not have been cast. He may not have thought of you that way. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased. Yeah, it's definitely the best thing of my life. Yes. 
So what is it? What was it like to perform the show? Because you perform the show in English. Yes. From yes. What I saw on, on YouTube. Yeah. So what is it like to perform it in English, but have the audience be primarily French? Ha, ha, did they have subtitles? Yeah. Um, so there were there were screens that two on uh, one on either side of the stage and one on, one on the top of the stage. Very subtle, beautifully artistically placed screens that have subtitles, um, and we were all really concerned about that, particularly in a show that has so much laughter and comedy mm-hmm. you're like where is it gonna land and so sometimes the laugh is before the joke because they're reading it before I've said it sometimes uh-huh. the laugh would be a little bit after the joke but it was very funny because Paris of course is a big tourist city and so many people mm-hmm. do speak English or at least enough of it where you would just hear different waves of laughter occasionally you could tell who could speak English or understood English in the audience mm-hmm. and who didn't um but it, I I have to say overall, there really wasn't a difference. The, the, the greatest difference I can tell you is an appreciation. I think, um, you know, American audiences, there's a stereotype of the sort of stand up for anything, which yeah. I don't particularly think is true, but it's sort of the stereotype. And also of the of the British audiences, that they're very reserved and they'll sort of clap their hands and be very quiet, you know. Um, and my gosh, this French audience, I don't know. Everybody's been so surprised and you could see from the reviews of this show, it was received so well. These audiences, mm. even if they were, they're always a vocal laughing and clapping throughout the show, you know, not not too not too much of anything, not too loud, not too quiet. But mm. my gosh, at the end of the show, I have never in my life seen uh, reactions and ovations and such appreciation from audiences ever wow. in my life in any continent. Whether I've been on yeah. stage or in the audience, I've never seen a response like this. And I think it's because the people were so grateful to see what they called, you know, it's, it's basically they brought, it's a West End cast and production team. And they just brought the West End, they brought Broadway to Paris. And they're mm. not used to that. There are very few productions that have done that. And this, for some reason, hit them in such a strong way. Um, that the response was overwhelming. I kept saying the wow. word that I was overwhelmed, but to be embraced as a performer, but also just as a human, you know, by yes. this audience, uh, so night nice. after night, sold out houses, standing ovations. It's just so rare, uh, like I said, anywhere. So yeah, I mean, the fact that they spoke French didn't really have any, any impact on the reaction. That's so great. And what was it like at the stage door? I mean, do they stage door similar to here yeah. in America? It was really funny because, um, I mean, I mean, it's disgusting. It was so beautiful. And I do say disgustingly beautiful. I mean, like <laughs> the Theater Marigny is in this, this beautiful park. And if you turn your head, there's the Eiffel Tower. I mean, it's just, it was wow. an embarrassment of riches. So you, you know, waiting at the stage door on this beautiful Parisian night with the lit up Eiffel <laughs> Tower, you know, glistening on the hour every hour, um, you'd have these people outside. And I think what was the most interesting thing was that they weren't all French, you know, you have people. Mm. So we came from Germany, we came from Brussels, we came from Spain, and uh, they're not just people that already knew my work. When they're people that wanted to see Funny Girl, people Mm -hmm. that read the reviews and wanted to come, um, and people. And the other funny thing is that um, they had us on so many television programs, and it's rare for musicals to get that airtime. We just really struck a chord, and so I, I got the opportunity to perform and chat on you know shows that were the equivalent of like let's say you know, Stephen Colbert or something like a humongous show. And um, that got so many people in, 
to the show and so many people to, to follow me. And it was incredible. People said, oh, we saw you on TV. And here I am. I'm used to people saying they saw me on Ellen or something. I'm like, no, no, we saw you two weeks ago on La Cote d'Ien. And you're like, oh, oh gosh, oh that works. You're here. And the <laughs> people gave me so many incredible gifts. Uh, so generous, so kind. Um, and the translations make it funny. I mean, sometimes you receive gifts that say things like, you is sunshine, you oh. know, and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this. It's the sweetest thing in the world. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was glorious. So I mean, definitely not your normal like New York City stage door uh, uh, in appearance, but the, the love, the love, <laughs> the the love was, the same. was just the same. Yeah. Yes. Well, now I have to ask you the biggest question about Funny Girl. Okay. What do you relate to about Fanny Bryce? Oh, you know, I had to answer this question a lot. Um, and I don't mind answering it again because it's it's something I think we all have to think about, particularly in this, oh my gosh, in this current climate where we're all stuck with ourselves and have to sort of, you know, <laughs> think about ourselves and our lives a little bit more than we used to. Yes. Um, for me, you know, every particularly as a performer, we're told no so many times, all of us, mm-hmm. the best of the best, the tallest, the prettiest, the, you know, the person who can sing the highest. It doesn't matter. All of those things uh, do not make you right for a part or an opportunity. We're always told no. Uh, but I will say this. There are a lot of us out there that are told no more than others. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am always to something for a part, but mostly for me, it, a lot of it comes down to my height. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I told you, I mean, again, there are so many people that are going to shake their heads and be like, yeah, I know this or, or, or yeah, yeah, she's, Christina does really well for herself. So what she's taught, what is she talking about? But every day in this industry is a struggle. And there are only so many times you can be told, well, you're attractive, but you're not pretty enough to be the ingenue and you're too mm-hmm. short to be a lead, but you're not, you're not funny looking enough or chubby enough or or this or that enough to be the sidekick. So you just don't fit in anywhere. And I think the reason that I related to Fanny Bryce so much going back, and I read a lot about Fanny Bryce. I mean, the movie Funny Girl, we could talk about that for ages. To me, the movie mm-hmm. Funny Girl will always be this favorite film of mine, but it is so different from the actual script to the play. So it was very important to me that I read as much about the actual Fanny Bryce and not Barbara Streisand's Fanny Bryce as possible. Right. And not just because I wanted to distance myself from Barbara Streisand and being compared to her, God forbid, people think I'm impersonating her. You know, I tried <laughs> to really get back to, to the real Fanny. And yeah. um, the thing the thing with her is she was, everyone thought she was talented. Well, I can understand that. People always say, oh, we love Christina. We think she's great, but we're not even going to see her because she's just not right. Mm. And it's, that is something that, you know, we can all complain, but I, <laughs> when you're looking for someone to tap into a character and to connect to, you know, they said, you're, we love you, but there's just something, there's a line in the show, you know, everything you got's about right, but the damn thing don't come out right. Mm. And that is exactly how I feel people have talked about me <laughs> for years yes. and years. And I always just say, if you would just let me in the room, if you would just give me a chance, maybe I wouldn't be what you thought you wanted. But maybe I could inspire a different thought in you. Or right. maybe I'm not right for this project, but I'll, I'll spark something else in, that you'll make you think of something else. Just get me in the room. And that's yes. what Fanny Bryce fought so hard to do at a time when women weren't speaking up. And mm-hmm. at a time when it was, you know, she was really such a strong female. It's a very feminist show. And I don't think that people um, uh, really think of it that way. I mean, Fanny Bryce, uh, her, some of the biggest issues in her life came from in – you know, uh, unintentionally making her husband feel emasculated. Like Mm -hmm. she just kept saying, I can do this. I can do this for you. And making her husband feel so weak and so inferior. And she Mm. didn't even know she was doing it. Um, So she's a very tough cookie speaking up 
to, to Ziegfeld and fighting for her opportunities. And so I, I just thought that was so inspiring. And I, and I went back and thought about the times in my life when I have uh, had what I would consider successes. And it's always when I sort of wasn't afraid to fight and to break the mold a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just think that we all need a little more Fanny Bryce yes. <laughs> in our yes. lives, a little more attitude, a little more tough, tough Brooklyn girl, actually. And, and that's hysterical. Like the real Fanny Bryce lived in Brooklyn for like a hot minute, but we're not going to talk about that. That ruins the whole illusion. So <laughs> shush, shush, shush. I didn't, you didn't hear that from me. No, we didn't. But you sort of, I mean, that's almost sort of like in, in, in describing Fanny, that's sort of what you did to get the role. I mean, you really yeah. put yourself out there for it and, and, um, voc- and, you know, vocalize that you wanted it. Yeah, it's it's not easy to do that, and and it, is, it certainly is a little bit easier when you're doing it over a, a social media platform where you're sure. a little bit detached. But but that's I can't stress to you enough how unlike me it is to mm-hmm. sort of compliment myself in a public forum like that. I'm yeah. very self-deprecating. It's the way I got and again. And Fanny Bryce, you know. Some people said, gosh, she was so like cocky considering she was such a weird looking lady. It's like, well, maybe I should be a little more like that because why did I did it and it worked. So right. <laughs> I was going to say, like maybe this would be your first step into into doing it more. Yeah. 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 In, in a polite, respectful way. But that's, yes. That's, yeah. I, I think that I think that Fanny's um, complete determination to not conform and to be a unique individual and, and to think that's what's going to make me special. That's what's going to make me memorable, not to fit mm-hmm. in like everybody else. And that's something that I always say, you know, the re- one of the reasons I don't work very much in, in theater the way I always thought I would is because I'm always told and in these words, I just don't fit in the, a certain box. I like you to to fit in a certain mm. box, you know, are you the belt or the soprano, the ingenue, the whatever. And there are very few people who are quote unquote, I would say allowed to do a lot of those things, you know? Um, I mean, the sim- simplest example, are you an Elphaba or are you a Glinda? You know what I mean? Right. And it's sort of like, there are people that can easily play both parts, but only one person has ever done it, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> right. In the UK. You know, they just don't, um, the industry does like to put people into into categories. And I think yes. by not conforming and not fitting in a box, you can actually give yourself a much, a much more, uh, I'd say, exciting uh, career or just chan- forget about just in a career, in a performance aspect, in life. Be unique. You know, you yes. do you. And there's a little gift that I gave to the cast when the show ended, a little a little button that says, be the bagel. You know, she's a bagel mm. on a plate full of onion rolls. And it's like, in life, I think it's important to just remember, like, there are so many onion rolls around you. Just be the bagel, you know? Yes. <laughs> so that's yes. that's what I took I- away from Fanny Price. I was going to say you could start um you could start adding a Martina McBride impression to your act cuz she has that song do what you do where yeah. it's you know it's she's Well says, you know Mar- I love it you just said that cuz I had a complete Martina McBride belt fest yesterday in this apartment she's one of my all-time favorites and oh I do impersonate her it. actually <laughs> yeah, Oh I love it I love it. I've actually never seen your Martina McBride impersonation Oh my gosh it sounds very similar to my own voice which is why I sort of was like is this an impression <laughs> or do I just sound a little bit like Martina McBride but I'll do it for you now Ed. I'm not now but I'll record a better one for you and I can fully belt it belt properly i would love that i would love that <laughs> well let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your upcoming show at birdland mm-hmm. um which is right now scheduled for april 20th so um yes we're hoping things will we be back hoping. in flow yes. by then <laughs> yeah 
So it's called Swinging Back to Birdland. Yeah. And this is your first concert back there in over a year. Yeah, it's my uh, first concert in New York City in over a year. It's yeah, insane. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, all right. So what are you most excited for about about returning to Birdland and and having and coming back after a year of not oh doing gosh. concerts here? Well, you know, it's it's so funny. I've spent so much of the past few years away from New York. And it New York is my home. And even it's just so frustrating because I came home more determined than ever to explore the city and have so much fun like getting to know it all over again. And I'm literally stuck in my apartment right now. But um, yes. <laughs> but, but the thing is I, you know, Birdland was the very first venue I ever did a real, you know, concert at. Um I, I remember getting up with um the cast of Forbidden Broadway and singing at cast party and really mm. chatting with, you know, Jim Caruso for the first time and meeting Johnny Valenti, the owner. And I've played lots of venues here in New York, but Birdland, I do consider my, my, my home, uh, mm-hmm. my, my stage home. And uh, they've been so supportive over the years of having me back. And it's where I built my New York audience and tested out material. And it's where I really fell in love with performing and doing impressions in a cabaret concert format. So it makes, it was, there's no other venue I wanted to play when I came back. I love yeah. so many others. It's just, it has, you know, the soft spot in my heart for being the original. And uh, I, I just love it. So th- there's a no brainer for me to play Birdland. Um, and the other thing is I'm sort of an old soul. You know, I, 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 as you can tell from just me, even by saying I do like to impersonate the divas. I love the classic divas. I love yes. uh, more traditional standard music and I love swing. And um, and all of my shows where I do uh, impressions, when I sing in my own voice, a lot of the material I do is more traditional standard swing. Uh, and anybody who's seen my shows knows that. It's even on my live album. Um, somebody said to me, wow, you do a lot of that kind of old school stuff. I was like, well, yes, I do. <laughs> it's just what I love. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, audiences have enjoyed it. I always find a way to make it segue into the rest of my material, of course. But mm-hmm. um, so again, it made sense to come back to Birdland. And uh, I might be jumping ahead to like further things you might have been asking me, but I think that's okay. The, what was so fun <laughs> about putting this show together mm-hmm. is that, um, of course, people were really interested in hearing me do material from Funny Girl. Yes. Now, I'm not going to do every song from Funny Girl. It's not going to be the Funny Girl show where it's like nonstop <laughs> Funny Girl material. But I wanted to do some of the songs that maybe people um, didn't expect or don't hear very often because, mm. again, the music from the movie is so is very vastly different from the music in the musical. And so I wanted to do some some of the stuff you would expect and some of the stuff you wouldn't. So there's Funny Girl material in there. Um, but, of Great. course, that genre is a little more of a throwback. So a lot of this, you know, Birdland is known for jazz and swing. So I thought mm-hmm. what better place than to sing some of my favorite material, which I haven't had the opportunity to because, like I said, it needs to sort of fit into my shows. And mm-hmm. here, since it's a little more traditional, a little more back to New York and my original roots, um, I get to sing a lot of these great uh, standards and swing songs that I haven't done before. And you know me, I like to do new fun arrangements. So some will be a little more traditional, some will have a little twist. But of course, mm. of course, amidst the funny girl and the standards and swing, there will also be impressions because that's what I love to do. And I know Wonderful. that uh, my audiences do expect it and I'm certainly not going to let them down. It's like, you know, it's like Martina McBride, not singing Broken Wing. That's for right. Me. <laughs> um, but you kind of have to do that. So again, how I implement them is always fun. But, and I, you know, the other thing is, and, and it's, I, I feel – be careful how I say this. I don't want to sound like I'm patting myself on the back. But it's like I feel like with Funny Girl, it, I'm so grateful and so su- 
pleasantly surprised of how the success of that show has crossed the ocean and people in New York were so supportive and so enthusiastic. And the show still may, we're knocking on wood in Formica here, the show still may have a, another life. And the fact that so many people, um, both friends of mine who are actors and musicians, but also industry, came to see it. Um, I feel like I've sort of earned the right to sing more in my own voice in these shows mm-hmm, now because mm-hmm. I want people to remember that I do that as well. So yes. it will lean more heavily on my own voice and other shows that have in the past. But like I said, I feel like I feel like I've earned that right off funny girl to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you have. You have. But like you say, your fans do expect the impressions. And it's nice that you still find a way to incorporate that into the show. But I will say after watching several of the funny girl videos that were posted on YouTube um, and there certainly weren't enough to get a, a, a complete fill. So I'm thrilled that you're a funny girl at this concert. <laughs> yeah. But I will Those say- Those guys are good. How'd they get those illegal? I mean, I, my gosh, I don't know how they got some of that audio and video. <laughs> Pretty that's, impressed. That's, that's not for us to, to decipher. We're just thrilled that they have it. <laughs> Me too, I know. <laughs> but, um, but I will say you have such an incredible voice, which I mean- you can get from your impressions, but just hearing your your own voicing is is incredible, which is um okay, yeah, I'm gonna forecast a little bit into the interview, which is why <laughs> coming up in the game, uh, I wanted to make sure, in addition to your impressions, I wanted to make sure at least one part was just you because oh, okay, it's important for people to hear you in addition to your impressions. Only fair, thank you very yes, much. Adam. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, okay, so this question was definitely thought of before our current situation with the coronavirus and Mm -hmm. all of us at home. But um, with the show being called Swinging Back to Birdland, and now that you're back home from Paris, uh, what are some things you're swinging back into? Oh, gosh. Yes, of course. Well, a week ago, it would have been the pace of New York City, as opposed to the Parisian pace. Can you imagine this lifelong New Yorker? I mean, it was so beautiful strolling along the Seine and, oh, it was mm. lovely. But let me tell you something. When you're walking and they're just strolling and it's not mm-hmm. the Seine, it's like a road where you're trying to get to work. Oh, my gosh. I was like, <laughs> come on, people. And restaurants. I mean, every meal is six hours long. What are you oh in a hurry? Gosh. Why is you, you in a rush to go? What is the matter? I was like, oh, my God, please, give me the track. Let us young. Anyway, um, so the pace of New York is something that I uh, will be – now hopefully easing myself back into um yeah I would say now it's the simple things like um you know playing with my dog I haven't done that Mm. in so long you know um not having somewhere to be every day and that's not just everybody's dealing with that right now because we're not leaving our our homes but you know coming from doing eight shows a week the high of performing you know, every day and hosting guests and doing press and just, you know, the thrill of the audience cheering <laughs> and seeing so many friends that I that I love, that the cast of the show, Funny Girl, was so in, incredible on and off stage. And it's a big come down. It's a big, you know, at, at the end of every show, it's hard to say goodbye. But for this, yeah. I, was the, I was the only American as well. So everybody else is in the UK together and I'm across the ocean alone. Mm. So it's it's sort of, it's it's maybe it's kind of good to have this alone time because I kind of get back to the real Christina, you know, not just performance Christina. Yes. Um, 
So I think that that's going to be the biggest, <laughs> biggest thing. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you can see from the internet, I'm still putting material out there and still yes. trying to keep people laughing and putting out content and staying creative and trying to bring laughter and positivity to everybody. But when I'm not doing that, I am wearing no makeup and, and just sitting at home, <laughs> getting to know myself again. That's, that's what I'm swinging back to. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And are you also saying that you don't have um, huge uh, accolades of applause when you walk into your apartments? No, you I think I think the outtakes of my dog running away from me and hiding uh-huh. under the table will need to be posted soon because yes. he's had it already. He's like, lady, uh-huh. you've been home for like two days and you're already putting me in all your videos. Oh my God. <laughs> Jeff Vader, what a good pup. Very tolerant. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's hysterical. Well, we are we're gonna take a quick break. Uh and when we come back, we're gonna play a game. So okay. don't go anywhere. <laughs> Priceline presents go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. And we're back. So we're going to play a game uh, called, it's it's inspired by your performance in Funny Girl, and it's called Don't Rain on My Parade. (laughs) So... I want you to sing a part of Don't Rain on My Parade as some of your uh, various divas that you were so <laughs> right. famously for known impersonating. Let's start with Barbara Streisand. Okay. Oh, gosh. Let's pick a key, Christina. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and potter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Christian Chenoweth. <laughs> Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Patty Lapone. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Oh, who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? Um, one of my favorites, Celine Dion. Oh, I started too low for her, but I'll go for it anyway. How much my band out? I'll be mad. Oh my god! I'll keep singing if you don't cut me off, as Celine. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no. I love Celine; she's one of my favorite artists. I'm not gonna say no, but let's let's move on to Britney Spears. That's awful. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Um, 
I should end this. Um, um, get ready for me, love, because I'm a comer. I simply got to march my heart's a drummer. Nobody, no, nobody. It's a little low for her, but. <laughs> That's okay. And let's let's end it with you, Miss Christina Bianco. <laughs> it's gonna rain on my I wish it was that low in the show. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love all the people you impersonate. You're so good. Oh, thank you. It's funny. Like, you know, when you're doing the impressions, everyone thinks you can just pop in a voice at any time. But again, like Julie Andrews would sing that much higher than I made it. And I I did start low. I did start like quarantine low. Um, So, yes, but it's all right. It's it's organic, kids. It's real. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And all your neighbors got like a free show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're used to that. Some of my yeah. neighbors were like fleeing and I was selfishly <laughs> like, thank God. That means I can make noise on the right side of the apartment because I know they're not here. You know? That's amazing. Ridiculous. That's amazing. Well, that's the whole game. So thank you for playing. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm kidding. You're welcome. <laughs> And Kristen, thank you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Um, Let's go back to a few general questions as we start getting to the end of the interview. Uh, What are some of your favorite hobbies outside of performing? Oh, my goodness. Well, I I love to cook. I love to bake. Um, Mm. Yeah, I haven't done that much of it. Even in Paris, I had these illusions, grand illusions of like getting, you know, food from the market and cooking. It never happened. I just ate out like a tourist every day. (laughs) Um, But I do love – sorry, what? Oh, no, I was going to say, what are some of your favorite things to to cook and bake? Um, Cooking. Well, I'm an Italian girl, so I do Mm. love making like really good like pasta sauce and making Italian food like a – lasagna. Uh, mm. it, it, it's funny. I don't call it cooking or baking, but I do make a mean tiramisu. There's <laughs> there's artistry to the assembling of a tiramisu. Yes. And in fact, I made it I made it um for the the closing. We had a closing like party. Everyone brought potluck food at the end of Funny Girl. Mm. And I was like, I'll make a tiramisu and promised everybody this tiramisu, forgetting that I didn't have a mixer or a hand mixer. So I really did it all by hand, <laughs> like a little Italian oh old lady with a wooden spoon and a, and a whisk. And I am so impressed that it was good because I really was nervous. So if I can do that, I can do anything. Um, oh my God. Yeah, but I do That's love baking. I, like I love... Um, I love making cakes. I love sugar art. I love de- decorating. Mm. I'm self-taught, so sometimes I succeed and sometimes I fail. But wow. I really do love like sugar art and working with fondant and buttercream and all that. So mm. that's something I love doing. Um, but I think during this time, my mm-hmm. hobby, I'm going to plan all the trips that I can't take for myself <laughs> and everybody because I, I don't know. It's a recent thing. I love planning trips. Like for, like I said, not just for me but for others. I would be a personal vacation planner, like finding out what people's likes are, mapping out each day from them, top of day to the bottom, telling them where to eat, where to go with alternate itineraries if it's raining. Like I oh find God. such sick joy in this. It's it's kind of a like it's not okay, but I, I need an outlet <laughs> for it. <laughs> I love it. Well if you ever need to moonlight, you can always become a travel agent. Yeah. Like a yeah. serious like bespoke bespoke itineraries for the discerning yes. traveler. Yes. That's sort of my jam now. I don't know why, but 
I spent, I'm spending way too much time abroad. That's the problem. I'm yeah. becoming a complete <laughs> snob. I'm aware of it, but there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. But you should also consider um, trying maybe for the like the Great American Bake Off or one of those cooking shows. Oh, but see, the like fear. The shows. Oh, the fear of it, though. I love those shows. I used to watch um, Bake Off. Uh, in the UK when I was doing, like, gosh, years ago when I was working there, even doing Forbidden Broadway and doing Mary Berry and talking about soggy bottoms. <laughs> and it's so moist. I was like, oh, but mm. I, it's all right. That's like my least favorite word. But when it comes to baking, very important. So It is very important. <laughs> you could just, you could bake, you could actually take your impressions and just bake as each diva. I have thought about this. I have I have thought about the like the celebrity kitchen uh, series, and I would do it if my own apartment kitchen wasn't the size of like a turtle shell. Yeah, um, so I have to have a whole location, and so it's the only reason it hasn't happened. But guys, next time I'm held up doing a show with a massive kitchen, it is on. <laughs> I'll bring all my Great. wigs, and we're gonna do it. Oh my god, I can't wait! I can't <laughs> Can you imagine wait. like cooking with Kathy Griffin. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, what's your favorite kind of date night with your husband? Oh my gosh! Well, right now it's it's binge watching Schitt's Creek, but um, oh, I love that! Oh, the best! The what best season ever. are you up to? Uh four. Okay. Oh, yeah, so I know, good. I know. It's so good. I can't even talk about it. But like, okay, so like pre pre Corona, um, yeah. You know, we love. We're not too wild. You know, like I, I do like getting a little dressed up and going out, but we still don't go anywhere fancy. Like a mm-hmm. nice dinner somewhere hip where we can see some, listen to some music after. Like um, mm. we love the restaurant Joseph Leonard um, off Christopher Street by the duplex. So we'd like go to Joseph Leonard and hit Smalls Jazz Club or something like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that very much. Yeah. Oh, that, that is fun. Yeah. And how do you take your coffee? Oh, I'm real serious about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love I'm a coffee girl. I love a real flat white. I'm an espresso based drink girl. I don't really like drip coffee, and I I don't. I mean, we're the only country that does that. We're the only country that's like, let's take coffee and water it down. Like we're the only. <laughs> I'm, I'm a true Italian girl. I'm not about that. So a real flat white, like not a Starbucks version, which is essentially a latte. It's a strong espresso with a small amount of steamed milk. Mm. So it's it's more, you know, it gives you a little more comfort and, you know, um, it's a little easier on you than just, you know, a regular espresso, but it's not like you're drinking a cup of milk like a latte. Right. Yes. So a true flat white, that's my favorite coffee. I love it. Uh, what's your favorite medicine to take to relieve a headache? <laughs> <laughs> my go-to is usually ibuprofen. Okay. Um, then the rare occasions when I get a migraine, there is the Excedrin migraine, but that's that's a very special thing that we hope doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm an ibuprofen girl. All right. <laughs> and we definitely hope the migraines don't happen. No, I hope so yeah. too. Oh, another project you could do is, remember the Excedrin commercials? I took Excedrin and it's gone. You could right. do that line as different divas. I'm writing all this down. You're full of ideas. <laughs> no, you're true. Lazy. Listen, we don't know how long this quarantine is going to last. I'm exactly. going to do all these things. You're going to need, you're going to need to, to, to keep entertained and keep us oh entertained. God. I love that I have like hardly anything of consequence for my storage unit, but I happen to have like <laughs> 15 wigs here. So listen, have wigs. We'll create. It's going to happen. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and uh, peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Oh, I don't discriminate. I love all peanut butters, but I, mm. I do tend to grab a crunchy. I like mm. a crunch. Oh, always. Mm. My snacks, I like crunchy snacks. I love crunch. Good. Good, good. 
I, I'm more of a smooth peanut you? butter. You're a smooth I'm peanut butter. Smooth peanut butter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I have to eat crunchy, I will. But for peanut butter, I don't like. I don't like the crunch. I like yeah. the smooth. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. I I still like you. It's okay. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> I thought you were gonna hang up, and I was like, well. Then that would be the I'd be like, oh, that's the end of the interview. She didn't like that. No, if you were, I was like, I'm allergic to peanut butter. So no, thank God, thank God. The no, only I allergy can't. I have is fish or seafood. So oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you got to be careful. They they sneak a lot of fish oil into a lot of stuff, don't they? Yes, they do. And I, a lot of I peanut oil into cautious. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes, especially when I go out for Thai food. So. Oh yeah, I I can eat anything. It's it's a problem again because I just don't say no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely like we're already working on the Corona 15, so we need to. I need to be careful and start doing some like home yeah. home workout routine. Corona 15. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, I will say all the gyms, uh, they certainly are all putting workouts online and everything because they, you know nobody knows how long this is going to be. So yeah. you could you can you can find a plethora of workouts to do. That's absolutely right. That was a very um, you- a very good Moira Rose word. A plethora. A plethora. You. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, workout. I've watched all five seasons so far. I haven't, I still have to watch season six, but I can't watch all five seasons and not have a Moira moment. I know it's too much. I good, good vocabulary. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and lastly, how do you preserve your voice? Oh man. Um, well, th- what I know works the best is something I can't do very often, which is get lots of sleep and rest. <laughs> Hilarious. Maybe, maybe with this new condition, condition this with this new virus going around, you know, yes. keeping us all quarantined, uh, I'll actually get to do that. But uh, there really is nothing like rest and water. And I know it sounds crazy because it's so simple, but there's a reason everyone says it. Um, and I do. I definitely don't get enough sleep and don't drink enough water. But those two things, when I can do them, make a massive difference. Mm. Um, for me, I, I always, particularly doing impressions, I m- manipulate my vocal cords in ways that I most people don't, and you have to be mm. very careful. So I am very aware at all times. I ha- I feel like I have my voice teachers over the years. I feel like I have their voice in the back of my head at all times. Mm. Um, and for me, it's a combination. I don't have one warm-up routine or one method that I stick to. I find there's no one way of doing things. For me, it's like a rotating mm. combination. But I really do think about it. I'm I'm a very aware singer. I don't just um, open up and go. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm blessed with pretty strong chords. I'm, I don't need to really watch what I eat. I can have a wine. I can drink, you know, I can do that stuff. Not that everybody can or should at all times, but right. And but with that, with that vocal strength, I don't take it for granted. And so I'm very aware of what I'm doing. And, uh, and I, I am I'm also aware that the most simple things, like I said, like sleep and water, uh, are just not to be taken for granted. You can't forget that. So that's what I try to do. Well, I'm glad you do those things because you have one of the most ex- exquisite voices that we oh, have thank ever you heard. So thank you. I'll try to keep it welcome. that way. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the end of the interview. So oh, I have no. one. I know. I have one final question for you. So I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. <laughs> yes. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not revealed previously, what would you share with me today? There are so many things. I'm trying to think of what I haven't said before. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I feel like in this in this time right now, I'm so uh, 
I have what the comedian Eddie Izzard calls techno fear. Uh-huh. These people have techno fear or techno joy. I am so afraid of gadgets and mm. I haven't even updated my phone. And yes, I have like a 5S or like an SC. Like I have like <laughs> – I haven't updated my phone in over a year. And this this quarantine making me use gadgets and putting me on social media more than usual, it, it may be the end of me. Wow. Like virus or no virus. I'm not very – I use the internet and I use the social media apps – as a tool and I love how they can bring people together but mm-hmm. it, I do see it as more of more work based like more something that I do for 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 business for others I don't have as much <laughs> personal joy in it as people think I might and uh, when yeah. it comes to actually figuring out how to fix things upload things like I just figured out how to put filters on stuff like I am not as savvy as people might think <laughs> and it makes me so incredibly stressed out like someone said, can you hook this up to the TV from your computer? I was like, I don't know. They're like, well, the wire's right there. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So yeah, I think my techno fear is a little something people might not know about me. I want I want a rotary phone and a notebook and then, <laughs> then I'll feel like I'm really happy. <laughs> I love that. A, a good rotary phone is definitely takes uh, – definitely – I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but I love a good rotary phone. It's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. See, I'm yeah. always old school, swinging back, yes. swinging back yes. to the rotary phone. Christina's yes. next cabaret. That's uh, right. I just can't. I can't get enough of the 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 ease of you know days gone by, and now everything is so technological. Like somebody bought me um, a Kindle. Yes. And I was so like highly offended. I was like, how do you not know <laughs> that I – not only do I buy books, I only buy used books, like old books. Like oh, I can't wow. even – I can't even hold a Kindle. It just stresses me out. I don't oh, – I have God. no joy reading from one of them. Yeah, techno well, fear. don't buy Christina any gadgets. Everybody listening, we don't <laughs> want to stress her out. No ear pods for this gal. <laughs> no, no. Get her some old-fashioned wired headphones. Yes, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, this has been so much fun. I love Aww. talking to you. Thank you so and much for having me and welcome. chatting with me again. Oh, you're welcome. And everybody listening, um, definitely go to Christina's show at Birdland, April 20th. We are hoping it will still happen as planned. Yeah. If not, it'll I will be rescheduled. Have, yes, Don't you worry. And I will have the new. <laughs> I'll have the new date if that happens. Um, and I'll have the ticket link up on callmeadam.com and. Don't forget to keep listening to Broadway Podcast Network because we have over 50 theatrical-related podcasts. So keep listening. And thank you again, Christina. Thank you, Adam. My pleasure. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, live for the business of show. CallMeAdam.com Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit CallMeAdam.com and follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CallMeAdamNYC.